Hi everyone, it's Evelina. I'm a life coach for immigrants and today I have a special, special guest for you with an incredible story and she's going to share it with us. Um, I have with me here today, Neri. She's a um, real estate agent here in Sarasota, Florida and she's originally from Cambodia. So she's going to share her story with us today and um, how did it happen that she ended up here because the story is so interesting but we are also going to talk a little bit about her life overall and you know what were the biggest struggles of being an immigrant here in the U.S. and um, today she's a very very successful real estate agent in our area and we're going to talk about that too right so she's also very humble we'll see how much I can pull out of her welcome to the show <laughs> thank you so much for coming <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. All right. So why don't you tell us your story? How did you end up here? Like, first of all, how did you end up in the U.S.? In the U.S. Okay. So um, this is dating back to 1979 when my family came to the U.S. And first of all, I just want to thank you for the opportunity and time to share my story and hopefully help um, inspire other people out there that whatever goals you set or, you know, life, you know, in life is achievable, you know, based on your drive and how, how much you want it. Um, but anyway, so going back, my family came to the U.S. in 1979. Um, we came on a political asylum. So um, uh, via uh, several uh, families had um, sponsored us, brought us here to the U.S., Originally, we were not supposed to be coming to the U.S. as we were supposed to go to Switzerland or France because we had sponsors there as well, too. My family fled uh, Cambodia during the Khmer Rouge, which is a civil war, which is uh, in comparison to far much worse than the Holocaust because we've lost a lot, a lot of Cambodians, you know, people during that time. Oh, tell me about this because I know nothing about this, nothing. So basically, we call it the uh, the Khmer Rouge is a communist party that overtook um, our uh, monarchy. So overthrew the government, took over the country and turned the whole country upside down. So turn it into a totalitarian um, country. Basically, every citizen is working for the government. You don't own property anymore. Base, our, our family's property were confiscated. And so now you work on your own land, but anything you produce on your own land goes to the government and they ration the food to give to you. At some point in time, um, they try to overthrow the government, the, the, the Khmer Rouge, and um, my family fled the country because they were going through a systematic um, execution of um, citizen, possibly that are educated, you know, if they think they assume they think that you're not not 100% Cambodian, which we were, you know, Khmer descendants, which we were 100% Cambodian, but my family were educated. My dad held a position in town. He was the town mayor. So therefore, you know, he was in line. Our family was in line for execution. So we fled. Um, once we heard, we got the news. We fled by foot through um, rainforest, um, through jungles, through landmines, through everything so um, how long did you walk for you know i was little so i don't know exactly um how long our trip was and i would say probably about six months hold on i was <laughs> talking about a few days you guys were right oh no 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 
because you know we're talking about dur during during our flight from Cambodia into the neighboring country, which is Thailand. There are durations of time you're going around back and forth and um, rerouting um, because you know. Bear in mind that the whole field, the whole country is is littered with landmines. So being able to get through that, through traverse through that rainforest and stuff like that, hiding out in rainforest because the gorillas you have, you know, the gorillas in the uh, mountains and the uh, Khmer Rouge soldiers that were um, lining the uh, the land, um, bordering, you know, bordering between the two countries, you know, for escapees. So, you know, there are gorillas and bandits along the borders. So who are taking full advantages of, of people who are trying to flee for their lives. And we were captured by these gorillas. We were held captive. And, um, you know, from what I think, we were held captive um, by three gorillas probably for about a week or so. They're trying to extort money, jewelry, whatever we were carrying. And um, my mother at this time was probably about eight months pregnant. She's due. She's due to look to deliver. And here, here we are. Um, it was my mother, my father, uh, my grandmother, and four kids. Four How little... old were you? I was roughly about eight. Eight years old. Okay. Yeah. Were and... you the oldest? Hold on. No, I have my brother. He, he's the oldest. I'm the second oldest. So him and I remember pretty much everything. Every, you know, all my younger siblings, they were too young to remember anything. So anyway, we were held captive and, you know, gunpoint, you know, on all on, on us at all times. At one point uh, where they finally come to realize, OK, they really don't have money. She's pregnant. There's you know, a family you know, of kids, you know, a bunch of kids. So they're trying to figure out what to do with us, either execute us or let us go. And um, so they marched us somewhere to another area. And at that point, when they were, you know, there was two guys and they were talking uh, whether what to do with us. At that point, my grandmother, she's very brave and very strong. She wrestled one of them, grabbed the firearm from him. And then that's when my mother and my father wrestled the other one. And we got the gun and then pointed at them and they fled. And that's how we escaped, escaped from that one. And, and then finally, once, um, you know, we made it to the Thai border, um, the Thai soldiers picked us up along a dirt road and brought us to the uh, refugee camps where um, where uh, UNICEF was uh, processing us on where to go from there. So here we are. And my mother gave birth to my uh, baby brother in Bangkok, Thailand. So he's a Thai citizen. <laughs> we just don't know where the papers are. <laughs> so we tell him, I was like, yeah, well, you know, you're actually not Cambodian, you're Thai. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, because of that, we didn't go to Switzerland. We didn't go to uh, go to France like we initially uh, was. And then um, our uh, sponsored family here in the U.S. you know brought us here to upstate New York and Canton, which is probably about ten miles south of the Canadian border. Yeah, out of all places, coming from the tropics, knowing only the tropical, you know, no snow, nothing. We came. Um, late fall and it started snowing and this is a whole new thing for us we don't know what it is what this cold felt like it was a first experience for us but it was also a really fun and a very memorable experience for us for us as well too tell me about it what was absolutely that? 
so, you know, as a kid, you know, all we know was shaved ice and shaved ice are made from these huge blocks of frozen ice and they shave them into like snow cone. As a kid, that's what we know. And we're like, oh my God, ice is falling from the sky. I'm like, how, how, where do people live? You know, that's dangerous, you know? And then, you know, once you, you know, our sponsor's like, this is snow. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just like shaved ice. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Cause like, where are the big blocks gonna be? Oh. Yeah, exactly. So as a kid, you don't know, all, all you know, this is where these big blocks or snow came from, you know, to us. But anyway. Yeah, so that was uh, our first experience in the U.S. Uh, with, what with was folks. that like? I mean, like, what was happening in your mind, right? You, first of all, you are running away from everything mm -hmm. that you know. You're eight right, years old. Right. By this time, you already have an idea of what your life is about. You have the basics, right? Mm -hmm. You have the basics figured out of your life. You have friends. You have lives that you kind of are used to. Mm -hmm. And then all of this change, all of this threat. I mean, this must have been so terrifying. Tell me, tell me. What's it is like? very, very confusing as a kid because um, the life that you knew, but, you know, prior to escaping, we endured hardship prior to that because, you know, the Khmer Rouge, the Communist Party, you know, put us all into work camps. And this is before fleeing Cambodia to the Thai border. You know, we were all separated. I was separated into a different work, you know, age category, work camp. We were forced to work out in the rice fields for, you know, 14 hours a day and given meager, meager um, rations of rice and water. And majority of the population died because of that. And um, how many people? Oh, God, I'm talking about five, six million people, roughly. And, and if you look up, if, you know, you Google it and look it up. I don't know the numbers, but it's it's almost double of the you know the Holocaust, uh, the people that you know perished during that time. Yeah, my brother and my brother was separated into a different work camp. My parents were separated into different work camps um, because now you are uh, a property of the government. You work for the government, you know. So how did your parents get you back to escape? Um, that's when um, uh, the fighting took took place and the uh the soldiers dispersed because you know that's when they the, the country was being taken over and there was a coup and um because there was no soldiers held holding us captive we fled we went back to where our hometown was and that's where we all met, met up and we fled together from there how long were you working in the camp before? To be honest, I, I don't even remember. You know, you lose sense of time. Sure. Was it like years, months? What are we? Uh, years, I, I probably said. Years. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So you didn't really have that much of a childhood. Either. Really? No. Mm -mm. But I do remember bits and pieces of, of um, well, I can't say maybe, maybe. You know, upper six months to a year, I'm thinking, because, you know, you lose sense of time and you, know, you just remember bits and pieces of it and what had happened that that really stuck to, you know. Yeah, so like that, that piece in itself must have been traumatic, right? Being separated from your family and, and forced to be working and doing this as a child, right? I mean, like you're right. just surviving, you're just surviving. And then basically, yeah, like there, there's. What else can you do? You're just surviving. It's terrifying. <laughs> Everybody's terrified. 
Yes, everybody is just surviving and, you know, you know, just trying not to be shot. You know, you're basically just working and um, there is no way around it because there are soldiers, you know, with guns um, everywhere you turn. Yeah. So there is this and then there is the escaping part, Mm -hmm. right? Six months running and being captive with these two soldiers and then you find or gorillas and then you finally come to the u.s like you have that trip of right. coming you right. finally land in the u.s mm-hmm. what is that like what's the feeling like oh you know as a kid you just really don't know you're just going with your parents you know because your parents are guiding guiding you to safety and really don't you know you don't know the world outside of what you know as a kid so, you know, if you didn't know the U.S., we didn't know France, we didn't know Switzerland, we didn't know other, you know, the people that looked like me, looked like my family, you know, that's it. We didn't, you know, we didn't come across blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, we didn't come African-American or, you know, anything like that. And so it was the very first experience to meet and see people. So, you know, it is very confusing and it's also very um uh, I was very awestruck at um, the diversity, you know, face to face, coming to see different people in different cultures, you know, all at once. So it's really hard to um, take in everything and process everything at once. You know, it's, it's just, you know, you come to learn and accept things every single day, you know, and, and discover all the diversities in the world. And as a child, you know, I, I found that to be fascinating. And I found out, you know, to be my story is a story of, um, I, I wouldn't say, you know, people ask me, it's like, had you, if you were able to go back and change everything and wish that that didn't happen, I, I, I wouldn't wish to change anything because my story brought me to where I am today as a person. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Right. And what do you think are the, like, if we were to pull out the biggest gems, out of that whole experience? For the experiences that, you know, that I went through and had, um, what I've learned from that is to appreciate people and love your fellow woman, mankind, does not matter whether white, black, pink, or purple, you know? We all bleed the same red color because I saw a a lot of ugly in humanity and how cruel and ugly people can be. And what I took away from that is kindness, you know, just to spread kindness. So you basically yeah. made a decision early on. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to be this. Absolutely. This is not going to be it. No. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I have like, as you're talking, right, I have goosebumps <laughs> throughout my whole body. Your story is so, so powerful. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, it's like my kids know no part of it, but they don't know the every detail of it. You know, I don't I'm not even sure if they can grasp that because, you know, they watch war movies and see, you know, terrible things. I said, you see that now multiply that by a thousand, you know, a hundred. I witnessed that in person. What you could think of that possibly could happen. Most likely, I've witnessed that in person. So I tell them, I said, you don't know how lucky you are. And um, 
you are living in um, a, a country of opportunity, opportunity, and you're living in a bubble and you just don't realize there are, you know, negative things that go on in the world, terrible things that go on in the world. You know, we're, we're protected and sheltered. You, you know, they just, you know, don't realize that. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. right. Like even, you know, thinking about the history of my country, where I've come from and like the struggles that we have had and nothing like what you have described in the mm -hmm. recent history. I mean, we had Holocaust and, you know, so right. many millions of Polish citizens have right. died as well. Mm -hmm. And the whole war, World War One, World War Two, mm -hmm. that Poland didn't even exist on a map for 127 right. years. And before that, we had yeah. monarchies and we're a very, very powerful country. So there's just so much to our history. But yeah, there is this, there's a reason why we have Second Amendment in this country and why mm. that is so precious. Right, right. Right? Um, that's Anyway, that's my opinion on it. I, I believe that that is one of the reasons why we need to keep it is because of the histories of your country. Right, right. My country. History should not be erased, you know, and, and, and it's unfortunate that I see history being erased here. It should not define where we are right now as a country. It should it should be something of something to learn from. Because if you don't have anything to learn from, how are you how are you to progress and move forward and be better? You know, absolutely. And your history and your story of what in the past is is what makes you better as a person or even as a country. So. Yeah, and that's it, right? Like we can take it from the personal level and that's obviously what you have done in your life, right? Progressing in your life, evaluating what can I do better, what went well, what right. didn't go right. well, what will I do differently? We can do that also on a like national level. But if we are changing the past mm -hmm. to not true, whatever it is, the version, right, that we want us to have because it's correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's all a lie. I mean, in Poland, we had for the longest time when we were part of the Soviet Union, we were told that mm -hmm. Soviet soldiers came and um, saved Poland from Germans, which was the biggest lie ever because they, you know, they attacked Poland. Right, right. Poland was attacked by Germany and then it was attacked by Russia. Mm -hmm. And Germans and Russians were collaborating mm -hmm. together, you know. Um, so. Anyway, let's go, let's go back to you um, and to that moment when you've arrived. So obviously, right, you're trying to process it all, but you're just, you're trusting your parents. You're a child, you're just following them, you're trusting them. But now you are a U.S. president. Right. Tell us about the beginning of it. What did that look like? It was a moment of peace, you know, peace in a totally different place, um, different country, you know different season come and find it there's four seasons here in the u.s <laughs> yeah. coming from only one our, our sponsored families were a culmination of um different families uh one it was a gay man and you know several christian families and um that was the first time um we were exposed to christianity because coming from a country of buddhist you know buddhism we didn't know any different but all we know is that there were kind people across the world and these were kind people and that helped us and brought us here to the US. And from that um, understanding that, you know, there, there is beauty in people and kindness in people. And for me, 
is, you know, I try to practice that and remember that as a kid, you know, we, these, these are strangers to us and they reached out and helped us and brought us here to safety. And, you know, for me, I'm always grateful and thankful to them. And so I try to live that, you know, moving forward with what I do every day on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But everything was so different for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Everything was like everything was so different. I'm sure there was mm-hmm. a lot of confusion there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the language was different, obviously. The language was definitely different. So each one of my siblings um, that was grade school age, we all had a big brother, a big sister. I had a big sister and they came to our house and individually, you know, tutored us one by one English. And going into a a town, a small, small, very small town, I'm talking about one light, (laughs) Main Street on Main Street, you know, the mayor, the, you know, the fireman, the policeman live right on, you know, the same street. And um, my family was the only other minority, and the only other minority was this, you know, mixed, you know, man who was black and white, and he lived right next door to us. <laughs> and he was a furniture maker, and um, he made us our our very first uh, like living room set and donated it to us. And so, our first experience in the U.S. was filled with kindness, and that's all I could tell you: kindness from you know, a gay man, Christians, African-American man. So for me, you know, that was a positive thing that I could actually take and learn from that because these are total strangers to me. Yeah. I mean, how humbling, right? Like to know that you're going from hell to safety and a place where other people actually care and want for you to be good. Right, right thriving and, and will do whatever they can to support you on that level. I mean, right. beautiful, right? beautiful experience, and, but such a contrast there too. Right. What That's, was it like for you growing up here in the U.S.? Yeah, I have great memories, um, especially in Canton. That's where the, um, the, the town that where we first came to. And um, there was a small river um, that was filled with salmon and salmon run. And I remember fishing. And, um, you know, that was a, in a time where you could just grab your bike and go anywhere and not have to worry about it and come back right before dark, you know, uh, unlike today, you know, yeah, it was just very memorable and very joyful, you know, to think back, you know, about me growing up as a you know, kid in Canton, New York. So, yeah, so I'm just like, I'm thinking of the contrast. Oh, yeah. The huge, huge contrast that you have, yeah, but you've experienced both and Mm -hmm. like you know that you can survive both. Right, right. And then this amazing heaven, basically, like uh, in comparison. So how long did you stay in New York? Um, Upstate New York, uh, you know, I can't remember. I think we only stayed in Canton for a year. And then we move a little bit further south to Syracuse, New York, like the following year and a half or two years, uh, based on what I think I remember. And then we stayed in Syracuse till um, like the late 80s, 88, 89. And then we moved to Florida. I think it was 88. And then you came down here and now you're in Florida. Right, right. Mm -hmm. What do you think for you in like zooming out on your lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. That whole journey, what do you think was the hardest thing for you? as an immigrant? 
I'm not quite sure. I, I think my parents struggle with that more because I was a kid, you know, all, all I'm doing is just going to school and learning the new language and trying to make friends. Um, you know, first time um, my experience with um, race, racism was actually, believe it or not, was in Canton, but you know, thinking back when I was a kid, I'm thinking, okay, these, you know, teenagers were just being cruel or whatever, you know, driving by, or I think they were college kids because they were driving um, and there's a college in the town and they drove past us while we were just walking to the park and just like threw beer cans and stuff at us and yelling racial slurs. And we didn't know they were racial slurs, you know, at the time. And that was our first experience. And, um, and, and, only to realize that years later and putting those words to meaning, you know, to us as a kid, you know, you, you deal with like bullying and, and, and things like that in your own country, but it wasn't racism, you know, but here, because, you know, we didn't have any other ethnicities where we were at. So we just didn't understand that. And so coming here because of the diversity and, um, putting the meanings to the words only to find that out that, oh, that, that was racism that we were dealing with and didn't realize that until, you know, years later. Uh, I think that was the toughest one is coming to realize that racism exists here. And how did you deal with that piece then? You know, going back, you know, is coming to understand that there are different people, different upbringing, you know, what they're taught is different, you know, how they were raised and, and coming to understand that not everybody's going to be raised with kindness. And it's unfortunate that they go about in the world, you know, perpetuating this kind of behaviors. And I, I think me understanding and grasping that, you know, that's not acceptable is, is, is probably the best thing that, you know. Mm -hmm. Thanks God you didn't make it mean anything about you. Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. You can enter, like people interpret those kind of behaviors in all different kinds of ways, but mm -hmm. God, it wasn't about who you are and your value. Right. Do you still see that in your life? Uh, you know, no, not really. Um, every now and then, of course, you know, everybody deals with it. Some, you know, America is the melting pot. You know, the only natural people that are here is the Native American Indians. Everybody are immigrants at some point of their life or, you know, going back generations in time or whatever. But throughout my time here in the U.S., yeah, I, you know, you still see it, but not as not as prevalent, you know, in the 80s as, you know, or early 90s. You know, I think people are coming to um, grasp, grasp that more and learning acceptance more and tolerance and understanding. I feel like it has also something maybe to do with just where we live. It seems like there's more immigrants here. Especially in Florida. And before, uh, Florida is, a, you know, Florida, South Florida specifically is, you know, it's a true melting pot. Every ethnicity, every country is here, you know, New York or L.A., you know. So why don't we talk about your life right now? Tell us about it. Well, uh, I don't know exactly. That's a pretty broad question, but yeah, I try to sum it up as, you know, as much as possible. You know, I, I really enjoy my life. You know, I don't, you know, my richness is in my family and friends, you know, I don't view my career as successfully, you know, define who I am, you know, I don't strive for the millions and millions and, and portray 
you know, a certain lifestyle to whoever I meet and see or whatever, you know, <laughs> no makeup, probably messy hair is what you meet me as, you know, and if there's somebody out there that wants help or needs help, and if I can give it to you, I'm willing to give it to you. I'm, you know, happy to give it to you and help you with it. You know, and also in real estate, you know, if somebody wants to out there who wants to step into that, you know, possibly a career in real estate, I can make you give you the connection. I could get you the connection with my CEO, you know, because I, I love what I do because it um, gives me the opportunity to um, give back to my community. That's what I love um, about my office. And I'm not raving about my office or promoting it in any way. It's because of my choice. and how I see they run as a business and they run as a business, you know, God, family, and then business. And that's their motto and, um, and giving back to the community. And that falls in line with who I am as a person. So my office is a perfect match for what I want to do. You know, I just, you know, thinking of the beginning of your life, right. Mm -hmm. and like just the whole story. And this is where you have arrived. This is where you're now. Right. At tomorrow, tomorrow is your birthday. You'll be celebrating with your family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I still think about it. It's like, you know, you're only 52 in numbers, but in my mind, you know, I'm still in my 30s. You know, best life is in my 30s. You know, I, I don't want to go back to my 20s, you know, <laughs> because I'm still fumbling in, you know, in your 20s trying to figure out who you are in life. You know, and in your 30s, you have a pretty good grasp of who you are, what you want to be, you know. Hmm. So, so like energy level from the 30s but oh wisdom, yeah right wisdom from all of us right right because you know in your 20s you know I, well for me i was just still trying to figure out who i am and what i want what i want to be and in my 30s i was assured of you know who i am and what i want to be is for me to to discover well listen thank you so much for coming thank you for sharing this incredible story i just it's been such an honor to get to know you and to get to know your story Mm -hmm. sharing it with us because um you know i my story is not as traumatic there is not as it, there's been struggles but nothing like what you're describing and i think that it is important for um us immigrants but also for people who are living here in the us and anywhere else in the world where they're living in a country of their origin the country that they were born in Right. To hear stories like that so they can understand and appreciate right, the struggle and the, the strength that it took to mm. learn about what happens. Right, right. And you have a country going through a transition like that. What is the price? What is the possibility? What happens when people are actually faced with the survival, right? right. And the survival mm -hmm. only, the evil that comes out mm -hmm. in those kind of situations. Yeah, people need to know about this. And I'm so glad that you've also educated us on it. I'm definitely going to learn more um, and look it up online because I've just, we have not been taught in Europe in yeah. about as much about the history of, you know, um, that part of the world. We were taught the basics. Like if mm -hmm. there was a humanist event like that, we would learn about it, but it was just really, you know, a mention rather than a deeper dive because we had plenty to learn about our own country and what right, was right right yeah for that and mm -hmm. um, yeah well thank you so much for coming happy birthday tomorrow may you know <laughs> the next however many years god gives you be just absolutely incredibly filled with blessings and 
joy and and the inner sense of like the satisfaction um where you know you wake up and you're like i'm loving my life absolutely i absolutely love my life and um the one thing i i could you know give to your viewers out there um, is, you know, don't, don't let your circumstances, your past circumstances define who you are as a person and, and define your future because it is a blank page and you are going to write your future story in it and how, what you put in it is, it's entirely up to you, you know, here it's a land, it truly is a land of opportunity and it's you who determines what your future and what your opportunity is. You know, amen to that. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was awesome. my pleasure. My pleasure. And if anybody out there who you know who wants my help, you know, I'm here to help you. You know, in any way I could. I will make sure to share your information in the description of the show. For so for those of you who are moving down to Florida, we are specifically in Sarasota, and if you would like to work with Mary, you can contact her. Just look up um, in the description of the show. You will see her information there. And then for those of you who would like to have that um, advice on becoming a real estate agent, and um, maybe she can help you give you some wisdom on that. That's where you can find that information as well. So, um, yes, thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you and many blessings.